Welcome back to Paul Friction. It's a show about what divides us. My name is Rocky, and Diego's name is Diego. And you know, we uh, don't generally like to uh, bring guests back in such quick succession here, but Spider-Man No Way Home is out, and everybody's talking about it. I felt it was only right to talk about the film with a fan. And, um, you know, you did uh, express an interest the last time we talked in coming back to talk about it. So here we are. I, I'm very excited to be back so soon. This is I had a bunch of fun last time and I can't wait to talk about this movie. It's a blast. I guess we could start with a little bit of your background with Spider-Man, maybe? Yeah, sure. I, I'll start off by saying I'm more of a DC person than I am a Marvel person. Um, but I have always had a soft spot for Spider-Man ever since I was like a little kid. And, you know, I've, I've, I am a big fan of the MCU stuff. Is it, you know, theme park cinema? Sure. I Do I agree with Martin Scorsese on a lot of that shit? Yeah. It's still fun. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not... I mean, the thing about theme parks is that they are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. like, it, it's fun. I, I know it's not like amazing cinema. I don't think it needs to be. It's just, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. And I, I have liked the newer Spider-Man films. And I was really excited to see what this film is going to be about. And I really loved it. <laughs> I would say that I reflect on like, you know, as a kid, it's like, yeah, Spider-Man, sure. I feel like though I I had a weird blind spot for Spider-Man, the more I think about it, just in that like, you know, we watched some superhero shows, but it was mostly like Teen Titans and, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the Justice League adjacent stuff. I was never really into that like graphic novel kind of art style that a lot of those superhero shows have i like mm-hmm. stuff that looks more cartoony so um so, sort of an aesthetic thing for me but mm-hmm. um you know i remember talking to my brother about superheroes a lot and i don't remember spider-man being a huge part of that obviously we sort of came of age between spider-man movies yeah. which is a, a, a rare thing i was born in 2003 raimi finished up 2007 mm-hmm. and they didn't make the Garfield ones to like 2012 there was like that yeah like a little weird gap in between Spider-Man yeah even more so on my end I feel like because being born me and my brother both in the late 90s and um you know I was seven when the last of the Raimi movies came out I didn't see any of them when I was a kid (laughs) and um you know I saw the amazing Spider-Man movies I feel like I have more of an appreciation of them now than I did at the time but uh Mm -hmm. I I did watch them and uh yeah you know of course i've always been aware of spider-man and uh i've liked the i liked the first holland movie a lot especially at the time and uh you know the second one has some great moments and uh i think this was cut out of the of the edit of the last episode but i did say that i didn't expect this movie to be very good you did i do remember that (laughs) i i remember going into like rocky like (laughs) You brought it up in the last one, and you're like, "Oh no, it's gonna, it's gonna fucking suck." <laughs> I just like there were a couple of things that led me in that direction. Obviously, you know, having as many villains as it does. There's like a formula for Spider-Man movies: the more villains you add, the worse it gets. 
Yeah. And the trailers, I was really not impressed with like how it looked or the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, um, the way that Tom Holland was talking about how like sad and dark it is. And <laughs> it, it's like, it's like two hours and 38 minutes long. It, like, <laughs> like there were <laughs> a lot of marks against it right out of the gate. Yeah. I don't, I feel like the marketing for this movie has been so, so strange. I think it was ever, whoever marketed this film is either an idiot or a fucking genius. All the leaks and all of that shit. I can't tell if that was intentional or it was accidental. I don't know. Sony has terrible security. Yeah. I The way that they handled the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield stuff, I think was perfect. I think they did, they did exactly what they should have done for that. Um, everything else, I don't know. But They got full yeah. ass like set pictures like leaked of... Norman Osborne's full suit, just everything. The entire like score leaked like two days before the film. <laughs> yeah. And the um the, the the choices for what to put in the trailers, I think th- there are some things that just work better in the in the context mm-hmm. of the whole thing. But I also just think that like some of the lines they put in there, the Scooby-Doo line, Scooby-Doo the part where they're <laughs> <laughs> the part where they're like making fun of Dr. of Dr. Octavius's name, but it's like they don't have a joke about it. They're just like, oh, that's a funny name. <laughs> yeah, like I, I found it weird people getting upset about like that, like, oh, they're making fun of his name. That's not the problem. It's just like it's not like there's no real joke there. They're just saying yeah, that's exactly. a dumb name. Like the Raimi films did a joke about his name, but it was also delivered by JK Simmons, so that elevates it a lot. But and the Scooby-Doo line is another example. Like, it's <laughs> like that's not really that's not really a is it a joke? Like, what is that's <laughs> And someone came up with this whole elaborate thing about this one Scooby Doo movie where they have like the box of souls that they have to like you know collect or whatever. But that was yeah, but that wasn't even it. The movie just says Scooby Doo this shit. I can't. I can't tell if it's if it's just him trying to say like a stupid way of saying do this shit or like if it's like talking about like you know kids going hunting down ghosts. Yeah, it would be it would be funny if he was if it was just like a like a <laughs> if he was saying do this shit, but he was like a, a beatnik or something. <laughs> That'd be really funny. <laughs> yeah, this this movie isn't uh, it has some some parts that aren't amazing. Yeah. We'll get into it. My overall feeling, it definitely exceeded a lot of my expectations, and mm-hmm. um, I don't want to elaborate too much right out of the gate because mm-hmm. there is some history to get into but i was really enjoying it until the other spider-man showed up and we'll talk about it from there we will, yeah we'll, 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 we'll get into that so in 2014 <laughs> the amazing spider-man 2 comes out uh the response is not great makes a ton of money but less money than any other spider-man movie uh critics are lambasting it i just to have a little conversation about the amazing spider-man 2 i enjoyed that movie a lot i have not seen it i saw <laughs> i it's the one spider movie i haven't seen because i never like ever got around to watching the garfield ones just because i never heard that i always like heard oh they're not good i watched the first one i fucking loved it i'm going to watch the second one soon um but it's like like I, I I always heard like bad things about those films. I loved the first one, and I I, I don't know what to expect going into the. The second one is second very one. different from the first one. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
it's very manic and I think intentionally so, but I think that, you know, I think there's an angle there, but it's, it's very all over the place. And there are a lot of characters. It's trying to uh, set up a big universe. Uh, <laughs> and um, isn't Russian Paul Giamatti there? Paul Giamatti's the rhino. He shows up uh, in a, a brief cameo. Uh, he's not one of the major villains, but uh... <laughs> see, that's where the movie went wrong. Yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had, though. I think that there's this idea of time that the movie has that, like, j- just how life moves for Spider-Man and how, like, he's he's always sort of racing against the clock. I think this movie does the same thing, actually, in, in certain ways. But I feel like uh, it, it sort of has an idea about that. And it's very mm-hmm. colorful and dumb and... Andrew Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man. I think he's incredible. Um, he is very good. I really like him. I, I I never know how to rank them. He's I I don't like care for McGuire's version that much, mm. mostly because I just don't care for his acting that much. I I've, I've watched the Raimi movies a couple times, and this like this second rewatch before the before this movie, I found myself just skipping through them a little bit just to get to Willem and Alfred Molina. Just yeah, trying to get to the scenery chewing villains as fast as possible. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's something very like complete about the about the Maguire Spider-Man. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a full character there. I think maybe more so than Holland, honestly. But yeah, um, yeah it, <laughs> it's a, he's a weird a it's, weird take on that character. There are many interesting choices in those movies. Respect the hell out of Sam Raimi for it. It's all so strange. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Amazing Spider-Man 2 doesn't do that great. Sony had intended to use it as a launching point for their own Spider-Man cinematic universe uh, to, to compete with Marvel. This was this was cinematic universe fever. Baby, it's prime time. time. Like, year before that, Man of Steel was out. Everyone's racing for it. Yeah, New Godzilla the same year. Like Universal's it, it, it's all... fast-tracking that mummy movie. Yeah, they did Dracula Untold possibly oh, right. that same year. I forgot about that movie. That was their like first attempt at the end at the at the their dark universe bullshit. Yeah, I I mean they they did Wolfman in 2010. They, <laughs> they like did a Wolfman back. movie? Yeah, with uh, Benicio del Toro. Del Toro? Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. People weaving? Oh my how I have never heard of this film. It's in Peacock. I'm gonna go watch it later. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, but <laughs> I'm sure it's not great. <laughs> it does not look very good. It looks like a it looks like Anthony Hopkins wanted like a new car or something. And he just said, fuck it. And I'll do the fucking werewolf movie. Why not? So among the movies that they intended to make after Amazing Spider-Man 2, I found conflicting reports on if there was going to be a two-part third movie or a third movie and then a two-part fourth movie. But, but there were either going to be four or five <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man movies. The two-part thing was going to be him fighting the Sinister Six, and there might have also been like a just Sinister Six movie. Yes, that's what I recall hearing. I because I was on you know Young Diego on the internet back then. I remember hearing this thing rumors like, oh yeah, they're gonna make a Sinister Six movie. Like that's mm-hmm. just focusing on the Sinister Six and not Spider-Man. Well, I mean, I think they figured out how to do villain movies pretty well, I think. Yeah. But I don't know if the Venom formula translates to having six villains come together. Oh, it, <laughs> I, think it, I think it definitely um, could in some 
weird universe. Definitely not this one. It would be interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be a dark universe for sure. (laughs) They were also planning a Venom movie at that time that was going to be co-written by Ed Solomon. They were planning a Black Cat movie. They were planning a Spider-Man 2099 movie. What weren't they planning? Jesus. Yeah, well, if you 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 can tell they're planning it all if you watch Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> but after that movie failed, uh, Sony kind of went back to the drawing board and was like, let's rethink this whole universe. <laughs> Among the ideas that were floated around that time were having Emma Stone return to be Gwen Stacy as Carnage. I actually really like that. That, that sounds yeah. fun at the very least. Absolutely. Yes, and Emma Stone is fun. really good in those movies too. I liked her in the I liked her in uh, the first one. I thought yeah, she was very good. They were also talking about having Sam Raimi return, restore his version of the character, have Maguire face off against Garfield. Yeah, we can still do this. It's not too late. We can, Sonny. yeah, it's good you stuff. Still have They're, the rights know, to the characters. Just get these two forty-year-old dudes back in the <laughs> back in the saddle one more Listen, time. <laughs> they were able to get them to do it for this one. It's, just lock them in in a big green screen. Just have happens. them do it. Yeah, let them riff. And at the same time, uh, Disney wants Spider-Man, potentially Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, to be in Civil War. Forgot, yeah, they were going to look at, I forgot about like the fact that they could have gotten Andrew for that movie. Could have, would have been interesting. Would've Probably been, wouldn't have been great, but would have been interesting. Yeah, I, that is an entirely different fucking timeline. So it would be so much different from what we got with Holland. I mean, just, just thinking about where the characters like would be at that time. But Sony's coming to the table about getting Spider-Man into Civil War. They're interested in negotiating an arrangement whereby Disney would help produce the next Spider-Man movie or series or whatever. And Sony would retain the rights. And then in November of 2014, Sony's emails are leaked. Oh, right. I think this is this might be the third episode where the Sony leak has been part of the (laughs) has been part of the history. A monumental day for cinema. Yeah, I mean, so much, so much great shit in there. Uh, but that information about Sony wanting Disney's to, to, to maybe make the next series goes public. And so they kind of, D- Disney's like, well, let's see. <laughs> and Sony's like, you know what? We're going to do it ourselves. It'll be great. Something changes pretty quick because by February of 2015, Sony and Disney officially announced their partnership to produce a new Spider-Man series in the MCU. Beautiful. Wonderful business cinema yeah a lot of people are confused about the 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 sony and disney deal there there's something kind of esoteric about it i do have the terms of the deal here basically sony would continue to finance distribute own and have final creative control over the films Disney would, Kevin Feige would produce them. When I say final creative control, really it's Feige that has creative control and who who he picks for, Mm -hmm. you know, director and the big parts. But then Sony kind of has that final say at the end. Disney would be able to incorporate Spider-Man into MCU movies and potentially other characters as would be negotiated. Spider-Man movies could incorporate one significant MCU character per film, which, you know, starts to make sense how they're... Tony, Fury, (laughs) Strange. Yep. It's all lining up. And Marvel would get full merchandising rights for the characters. Basically, (laughs) there's also the element of like what's Sony's ownership of the film rights meant Mm -hmm. marvel had most of the merch rights before that but now they like now they have all of it and yeah they do they have tv rights i forget i forget what all of that is so historically sony owned the spider-man tv rights 
They still own some of the Spider-Man TV rights. Sony returned the animated rights to Marvel in order to win some concessions for the live action films. Okay. Sony has the exclusive rights to utilize the Spider-Man character to develop and produce live action or animated theatrical motion pictures and live action television series. Okay. So if we ever want to see like a, if we ever see like a CW Spider-Man show, that's all Sony's fault. Yeah. And uh, animated TV series with episodes longer than 44 minutes have to be our Sony too. <laughs> that is so specific. That, and I, now I want to see Feige purposely cut down everything to 43 minutes exactly for the animated show. The merchandising rights go to Marvel. They Part of the uh, film rights was that Marvel would get 5% of the revenue for Spider-Man movies, and they would also get 5% of first dollar gross. Under the new deal, they would still get the, the first dollar gross, but Marvel, but rather than getting the revenue, Marvel would pay Sony. They paid Sony up front, and they pay Sony $35 million for each Spider-Man movie. And then Sony, in turn, pays Marvel a producer's fee, which is undisclosed. See, this is, I think this would make more sense to me if I had any conceptualization of what money is. <laughs> I'm just hearing fucking numbers. You could be speaking Spanish to me and I would have the exact same amount of understanding. This deal could also be pulled out of at any time by either party. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering why Tom Holland hasn't shown up in Sony's Spider-Man universe yet, it's because he was under contract for three Spider-Man movies and three more MCU movies. And so I, beyond that, it's a separate thing. Uh... <laughs> too many words yeah i it could happen though and i think it will happen relatively soon because uh obviously sony has made use of the michael keaton vulture in morbius yeah what the hell is that <laughs> fucking movie going to be what the fuck every single time no i've seen no way home twice every single time that trailer is played my brain has fried like a goddamn egg it's i like how they're just taking like a little bit from every single universe and just telling everyone to fuck off it's yeah just <laughs> as beautiful as it is horrifying it's pretty great stuff and i feel like the way they talk about it right now it seems like holland is just going to kind of be in both universes <laughs> i will say i think I, I, we can get i think we'll probably get into it later but i do think this movie if like sony wanted to like pull out of this deal which i don't think they want to because i i think feige already said they're making four Make number four, but I think yeah. the way this movie ends does set up a good like way for Sony to just pull out of the deal and keep Holland, have him exist in their own Sonyverse, and not really mention the MCU. Yeah, it it definitely sets up the potential to just do Spider-Man movies because it sets up an actual Spider-Man movie at the end. So during the production of Spider-Man: Homecoming, two sequels were already planned. the The plan at the time was first one's sophomore year, second one's junior year, third one's senior year. By the time the third film in this trilogy was being conceived, Marvel already had plans to expand into the multiverse following the end of phase three. And in case these plans failed, which they were expected to at various points, uh, John Watts had a backup concept for the film where the villain would have been Kraven the Hunter. I want to see that film. I, 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 you know, I know I'm not going to, but if they could like incorporate Kraven into number four, number three, or number four, number five, that'd be great. Like the concepts I heard for that film do sound like so much fun. I think Craven can be a very fun villain. I I need to point out though that there Sony is doing a Craven movie with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes, they are. And Aaron Taylor Johnson was Quicksilver in the MCU. <laughs> yes, he was. Listen, 
nothing's real no, none it's it's all fake it's all movies none of it they could just real. do it at this point they had they had Gemma Chan in like two movies in a row they could just, just do whatever at this <laughs> yeah, point just, <laughs> no because one was Gemma Chan one was Gemma Chan in blue makeup it, it mm. total difference I, I'm kind of expecting them to put Michael Rooker back in and whatever the next Guardians film is just without any blue makeup on it yeah I think Craven is a distinct possibility and Holland has been like I'm really stoked about that so <laughs> I, I think it's very well could happen. Um, a month after Far From Home's release, Deadline reported that there were now two more movies being planned. But Tom Holland had only signed up for one more, and John Watts' contract was already up. I cannot imagine the mental fuckery Kevin Feige has to deal with every single day trying to run <laughs> this absolute circus of a movie studio. <laughs> By this point, months of talks were underway about changing the terms of Disney and Sony's deal. Oh, yeah. I remember all of this. <laughs> Sony wanted more movies. Disney wanted more money. That's sort of the gist of of where the negotiations came from. Unable to come to an agreement, Sony announced on August 20th, 2019, that the two studios had parted ways. That Sony would be producing the third Holland Spider-Man film without Marvel or Kevin Feige's involvement. It was a dark time for Twitter. It was a dark time. (laughs) The script for that film was already being written uh, (laughs) at this point. But speculation flew that Disney was already attempting to poach John Watts from Sony for (laughs) for one of their movies. And that's probably how we got the Fantastic Four uh, gig. Oh, yeah. I forgot he's doing that. I I feel more confident in that now. But yeah, I entirely forgot he was doing that. After some significant fan backlash, negotiations resumed between the two studios after Tom Holland met personally with the CEOs <laughs> of, of Marvel and so- Disney and Sony, actually. Child of divorce, begging yeah. his parents to get back together. A deal was struck in September to allow for the production of one more Spider-Man movie <laughs> to be released in July of 2021, along with an appearance by Holland Spider-Man in one more MCU movie. The change to the deal was that Disney would cover 25% of the film's financing in exchange for 25% of the profits. Feige would particularly note that the deal could extend indefinitely from one film to the next, that, you know, it could just be renewed sort of in perpetuity at any time, and that Tom Holland's Spider-Man would be would be able to appear in films from Sony's Spider-Man universe. And we got the movie made. <laughs> yeah, one way or another. In the early stages of the pandemic, the film was delayed to November of 2021, <laughs> then to December. While it was initially planned to take place after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, aspects of the script were changed to account for shifting release dates. So many fucking balls in the air. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy to think about how um, with <laughs> with the MCU and their sort of grand design they supposedly have, how the first movie after Endgame was Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And now in the first year of Phase 4 is Spider-Man 3. <laughs> You see, you got <laughs> when, when the pandemic hits, you just got to fucking scramble. <laughs> it was reported in October of 2020 that Jamie Foxx would be reprising his role as Electro. Rumors started flying all over the place about who was going to show up and who wasn't. Uh, in December, it was confirmed that Alfred Molina would appear as Doc Ock. Around that same time, Collider reported that Andrew Garfield and Kirsten Dunst were confirmed to return and that Tobey Maguire and Emma Stone were in negotiations. In the end, that was probably completely not true, but... <laughs> I did go in this movie kind of expecting to see Kirsten Dunster Emma Stone because I heard all those rumors. Like, I had no... Like, by the time I actually saw this, I had no idea what was real, what wasn't anymore. Yeah, who was actually so going to be in it. I was like, yeah, no, if they show up, that'd be nice. I don't know. 
Honestly, at this point, and you know, anyone could. In the promo tour for this, I think they were smart to never confirm that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were appearing. There were, yeah. you, you know, as much as there were leaks and there was talk about how it was like a the worst kept secret in Hollywood so and all many that, like leaks. The fact that nothing was ever confirmed really did, like, up to the last minute, be like, what if they're not in it? <laughs> yeah, like that's that was like my thing going in, like what what if they're not fucking in it like that there's gonna be a riot in this goddamn theater <laughs> but uh yeah and of course they had andrew garfield uh you know on all his press tours being like deny 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 <laughs> toby mcguire didn't have any excuse to do interviews so he didn't get in on that action but <laughs> i don't think anyone's gonna trust garfield to get in interviews yeah i mean here's the thing though like people clear the questions that they're asked in interviews mm-hmm. you like, like, like it's unless except for very specific circumstances you don't get questions sprung on you in interviews. yeah so clearly like i think disney went up to andrew garfield and was like hey can you can you just have them ask you a question about spider-man and then just deny it <laughs> i i was there was like one part in the movie where i really thought they weren't going to do it like they like they brought in the villains and i thought okay that sure that sounds fine but by the time we were like getting halfway through the movie, like Aunt May was dead. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. are they going to actually bring them in? Like up until I saw Andrew Garfield come on screen, I wasn't 100% sure. Again, we'll get into it. I think there might be a, a better version of this movie that they're not in. But I guess we can start sort of start from the top and see where it takes us from there. Uh, this movie begins exactly where the previous one ended mm-hmm. with... J. Jonah Jameson revealing Spider-Man's identity to the world. I'm so glad they brought Simmons back. He's so good. I actually felt that he was really underused in the movie. Oh, I would definitely. have liked to see. I would like to see him used more, used better. I I want to see him come back in like the in the future ones. It'd be funny to have a scene where like both Jamesons meet <laughs> at its death. <laughs> Oh God. Oh, that would be so good. Cause they're both like, they're, they're very different characters as similar as they are. Like Ramey Jameson is like an actual like reporter and then MCU Jameson is just fucking Alex Jones. In a way, I think he's kind of a toned down uh, version of the character, you know, yeah. just, there's a, a lot less animated and a lot more sort of, cause I, I mean, Jameson in the Ramey movies is a, is a very like layered character, but mm-hmm. he's never like, you never see him as like the he's not like purely a villain or anything yeah you never see him as like the guy with the plan or something and i think this version of the character is at certain points but um i really was liking the energy that this movie had right out of the gate Mm -hmm. i was i was really like to start with him like you know running away and and grabbing mj and people are already swarming him all of a sudden and like and the way that it keeps going from there for like a long time Mm -hmm. you know the the scene in the school with hannibal and jb smooth to the to the daredevil scene and the interrogations and all that we'll get into it but i love the energy of that and i felt like even though visually a lot of like middle shots not that interesting but there was the camera was moving in a very deliberate way, I thought. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I feel like the first MCU movie where I was really paying attention to how the camera was being used. There was, if I remember, there was like a really nice, like uh, like one one take long shot um, when he got, when they got back to the apartment. Uh-huh, yeah. I liked that. I thought, yeah, I, I the first 10 minutes of, these, of this film was like really, really solid. Absolutely. 
They get to, they get back to the apartment. Um, they get back to the apartment. Happy, happy and May they broke up. Have broken up. Yeah. Even though they weren't really a thing. <laughs> they weren't really a thing. It doesn't really come up uh, <laughs> very much. Uh, in seems the rest so of it, but it is, Yeah, it is a kind of a funny uh, thing to start off with, and mm-hmm. you know, just like a dose of reality at that early point in the movie, we pretty quickly get. Uh, Ariane Moayed showing up and uh, you know taking him in for questioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they question Ned and they just get him to admit to everything because <laughs> they start out like with like a gel like kind of like a jealousy tactic and you say like like oh Michelle knew first and he's like no 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 I knew first I did all this shit and they're like okay so you were an accomplice like, oh shit <laughs> yeah you know and and again that sequence is really exciting and fun we get mm-hmm. a scene of Peter and May and Happy. Uh, consulting with Daredevil Charlie Cox. <laughs> he, uh, he, he's back. I, I I had a lot of fun with that scene. <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> I was one of those people who were like screaming in the theater. I was so ha- I was so excited to see him. I did I know about the leaks already? Yes. Was I still fucking excited to see him? Like get a confirmation that he's actually in the in the movies? Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. That was very fun. I liked his line when he catches the brick and Peter's like, "How'd you do that?" And he said, "I'm a really good lawyer." <laughs> I love him. Daredevil is such a, I just finished rewatching the show for a second time. I love it so much. I think like their integration of the Netflix shows into the current MCU is very interesting. Yeah. Cause right now I spoilers for Hawkeye. Um, Kingpin from Daredevil is in Hawkeye. When recording this, the season finale is tomorrow. So as of right now, we don't know much about like how Marvel's like going about like fusing these two worlds together but i'm very happy that they are yeah it, it seems like i mean the the note they're striking right out of the gate makes it seem like they're going to sort of bring in the stuff that is useful and that people liked mm-hmm. you know i think i think we're more likely to see a luke cage than an iron fist but i do yeah think that. <laughs> i could see like i could see like jessica jones making an appearance in she hulk i could see like luke cage coming up somewhere else i cannot see iron fist <laughs> That's just a general yeah. statement. I cannot see Iron Fist. I won't see the show. Yeah. Invisible. Yeah. It's not, a, <laughs> it's not a real thing. I don't have to acknowledge it, except for when I have to watch The Defenders so I can understand the second seasons. Yeah. I can't see him because his fists are so fast. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I there was something that was kind of, I guess, unnerving to me just being in the theater and seeing the film and just like just hearing people in the crowd just shouting anything that they recognized <laughs> in the movie. It's just being like Daredevil, JB Fox. There was one moment where someone <laughs> shouted TikTok when someone was on TikTok in the movie. I was like, okay, that's an extreme. I I think <laughs> when, when I said screaming, that's an over exaggeration. I I sit there like I made a very similar noise to when you mentioned Daredevil. I do like a little goblin cackle. <laughs> yeah, we also get uh, again pretty rapidly. We get to to see that people are divided there are a lot of people who are mysterio defenders as they're you know your your average spider-man enjoyer uh but <laughs> i want to see memes in the marvel universe now i want what, what are they like there yeah i bet they you know are, are happy to like say that figure, but it's thanos <laughs> You know, I like that they took how the last movie ended and they talked about like like pretty soon after uh, Far From Home came out, they were like, this next movie is going to do stuff that we've never seen before with Spider-Man because of the way that the last movie ended. And I think that they 
I, I like that they really like saw that through right out of the gate. They didn't yeah. just, you know, run over to the next thing. They were like, you know, this is we're, we're tracking the fallout of all of this and what it would do mm-hmm. for Jameson and what it would do for Spider-Man's reputation and, you know, his inability to live a normal life. I like the way I like that the college uh, plot line as being yeah. sort of an inciting incident here. The MIT thing, I think, is pretty well done. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the, again, that very funny scene when they, we get one scene in school basically, but it's uh, with J.B. Smoove and um, Martin Starr and yeah, Hannibal Burris. And Hannibal Burris believes that Peter killed Mysterio. <laughs> it's, it's so small, but it's like one of the funniest parts of the fucking movie. He's just so good in that role. It's really good. And there, you know, there's some typical like marvel banter in there, but just mm-hmm. the way that Hannibal delivers his part of it is so perfect. You know what you did. Hannibal's the only person who can deliver that and have it be as funny as it is. Yeah. <laughs> the gang is talking about how they all want to get into the same school. They got all these plans yeah. for the future. But the inciting incident there is that the three of them don't get into MIT. Yeah. Or it looks like pretty much any college. Yeah, Flash does. <laughs> Flash does. I have, I, I, I watched all three of these songs. I still have no idea where I stand on Flash as a character. Yeah, I love Tony Revolori, and I think yes. that uh, he's very good. And I like that sort of updated idea of a bully, where rather than being like the obvious thirty-year-old in a Letterman jacket, <laughs> it's just like some some normal look normal kid who's just like a dick for no reason <laughs> yeah know, I, I feel like <laughs> i like that idea i feel like he just probably could have gotten some better writing over the past yeah couple that's, of films. that's a, a general complaint i would probably yeah. say about this this spider-man series like they are they can be a lot of fun but i think the dialogue leaves a lot to be desired mm-hmm, um yeah. i like i think of this movie there are as many like misses as there, as there are hits for me when it comes to mm-hmm. their jokes and the dialogue yeah, I think a lot of the dialogue doesn't land in this movie. I think it's probably on the same level as the other two movies in this Spider-Man series. But I I just think that, again, something about the energy that it has right out of the gate makes it, like, work. Yeah. Even, even though the pieces aren't always there, it's just, like, the full, the full package is good. So Peter's first idea is, let me go see The Wizard. <laughs> he is inspired by these weird little like Halloween decoration lights. It's like a guy in a witch's hat and a goatee, and it's clearly me- it's like meant to look like Doctor Strange, but it just looks so fucking strange to me. I don't mm-hmm. I don't like them. I feel I don't feel comfortable around them. But yeah, yeah maybe, maybe strange. not strange enough. <laughs> the the Sanctum Sanctorum, which uh, Ned can't believe he's in later in the movie, yeah. uh, but it's been, like, frozen over. It's been frozen over because one of the one of the main portals was left open and uh, we get some good banter about how uh, Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme because uh, Strange got snapped. Good for uh, him. I love Wong. Yeah, Wong's great. I love how checked out. I love how checked out he is. (laughs) Just don't make it my problem, please. They I, I saw a good tweet that was describing it with like. (laughs) <laughs> with with Strange doing like the worst American accent you've ever heard, and then and then Wong like in, in full paycheck mode, just, just being like, yeah, okay, whatever. That accent is getting just almost a little better with every single film. Like he's clearly, I think he's clearly working on it a little bit. 
but clearly not enough. It's fun stuff. I, I, I hope it never improves. Peter shows up and he talks to Strange about how uh, he can't get into MIT because uh, everyone knows he's Spider-Man. And he asks him to uh, have people not know that he's Spider-Man. Well, that's not what he asked the first time. He, he, he like asks for like time travel when he, go, when he goes there originally. Right. Yeah, because uh, talking about a previous time travel thing from one of the Avengers movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, Avengers and, and 6, one of them. Yeah, and, and, and Strange he was like... can't do time travel, time travel no more. But he, yeah, they, they come upon this idea of uh, erasing everyone's memories. The runes of Kafkal. That's the... Yeah, and, and Wong is like, don't use the runes of Kafkal, Doc. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I won't. Wink. (laughs) He literally does the wink, too. He does, yeah. Peter's like, but I really want MJ to know, and I really want Ned to know, and... We want (laughs) May to know, or we want Happy to know. I want you to know, I want all the Avengers to know, like, just just anyone who knew before. uh, Strange is constantly just getting more and more annoyed as he keeps trying to, like, rewrite the spell as he's casting it. Like, pulling runes out of the air, yeah, sort of... (laughs) It sort of reminds me of like those Sherlock sequences where he would just have like words flying around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the spell fails and he contains it in a in a, in a little prism because yeah. uh, magic. Yeah, that's how magic works. It's pr- prism. Yeah. So they don't have a better explanation for anything. And then Strange is like, if you, you know, if, if you got rejected and you appealed to them and it didn't work, then there's nothing I can do. And he's like, wait, I can just talk to them. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite parts of them. <laughs> Terribly didn't even try to plead his game. Pretty good. That leads us into a sequence where Peter is chasing down the admissions person from MIT. Peter uh, gets into, into Spider-Man regalia and starts to track her down, finds her, confronts her in her car on the bridge towards the airport. And uh, <laughs> Dr. Otto Octavius. He's back. I thought I love to see Molina. I love to see him uh, return to this role. I think he, he really. He's having a time. I will say every single villain and every like returning actor, there's having the fucking time of their lives. I, I think he really uh, stepped back into the role very well. And yeah, um, yeah did, just did a great job with it generally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that fight sequence a lot too. I think it's uh, yeah. pretty well done. I like to see some Spider-Man trying to save people stuff because that, yeah. you know, they, we, we get a lot of stuff where he's like, you know, trying to pull the boat back together or whatever. But I feel like, you know, see, seeing that on a more specific level is always yeah, a good thing. Yeah, a little more personal, having to go after individual people. Yeah. So Peter's like, who's this guy? And he's like, you're Peter. And then he, you know, he almost has him and he, you know, yeah. get the, the mask comes off and he's like, you're not Peter Parker. <laughs> Very confusing day for him. Must be. Yeah. yeah. He's not his Peter Parker, but also his like, tentacles get paired to peter's suit because they get like infected with peter's like iron spider nanotech and also everything that happened in spider-man 2 has just happened to him and in this moment that he yes. shows up in the scene from like <laughs> so. from how he described it i think he's like they're like right at the end of the film like yeah i think we're like mere seconds away before like he turns good at the end of the film you think about how he woke up this morning <laughs> where he's at now 
it's been a big day for him. <laughs> he is uh, pretty succinctly contained by Doctor Strange in his little underground dungeon uh, in a, a, a magic sort of defense area. And Strange starts to explain how these these guys are coming over from other uh, universes. Well, we get the at the end of that scene, we get the goblin, goblin bomb comes that, in the the pumpkin bomb that drops and it's about to go off. We don't goblin isn't really a part of that scene, but he just like sees no, he just, like shows up at the end and then they just get portaled away. Is Liz? They already have lizard. When, yes, they already when they have lizard. There, right. Who I love lizard. He's he's just a funky little dude. He just wants to make people lizards. That's he's he's yeah. That's his thing. That's his one thing. He should be able to. And I mean, to, to to sort of go into the implications a little bit, Strange says that all these people... These are people who knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Yeah, these are people from all these different universes who knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And also that they were, that they were pulled from their universes as they were about to be killed by Spider-Man, perhaps? I don't know. I don't think that's what that was. Because then I don't think, because then I don't think the logic of Maguire and and Garfield being there makes sense. I think it's just they were all pulled in from this universe, from their universe because they knew Peter Parker was going to be Spider-Man. I guess it's just a coincidence that they all were going to die. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's not absolute, but they because, were. Uh, Lizard doesn't die. But but the the like central conflict of this movie is that is that yeah, they like, go I back. Have, I have to save these people because if they go back, they'll die. Yeah. Uh, and and then yeah, the fact that Lizard uh, doesn't die. And... No, he, he's just chilling in a cell. We don't know what happens to Sandman. He just kind of fucks off in the. He goes up into the wind at the end of Spider Man Three. Yeah, and and at the end of Amazing Spider Man, Lizard actually uh, turns back into a human. So. Yeah. I, I I guess there could be an implication that at a later point in the Garfield universe, he turns back into a lizard. I guess I I do kind of there are right now there are like a bunch of Twitter campaigns that like we should we want to get like an Amazing Spider-Man three. Yeah, do it. I I'm fully I'm fully for that. It's not gonna happen, but like I <laughs> they you know the Snyder cut they were able to get the Snyder cut to happen. Why not this? Yeah, but they didn't have to make a new movie. For that. <laughs> they get, they have money. If they yeah, have, like, if they have the money to shoot fucking Morbius, they have the money to make this film. The way I think Sony has the idea that they have a good thing going, um, yeah. and maybe and I think they do for the most part. But uh, I think they are likely to want to bring back Andrew Garfield in some yeah. form. He seems very uh, willing to come back. I don't think so, honestly. I don't think he would. He, he I think I, I heard he like expressed Marvel that he that he want to come back. I really, I really don't think so. I just knowing like like what he's said about franchise films in the mm-hmm. in the marketing tour for this this franchise film that he's in. But uh, he, he's talked about how he doesn't, you know, he he doesn't like the way that everything's so reliant on IP these days. Mm-hmm. And he has, of course, been known for doing. I, I I mean he he hasn't been gravitating towards those kinds of roles mm-hmm. certainly since since after Spider Man ended he did ninety nine homes uh, silence uh, I've, I've tried to give every uh, of everything he's done he did hacksaw ridge breathe the Andy Circus movie um, and and then this year he did he did under the silver lake in between and then this year he did mainstream tick tick boom and uh, and well Spider Man but uh... Spider Man's an <laughs> indie flick if you if... 
if you compare it to like the wealth of Jeff Bezos, it's an indie flick. Look, I, I mean, just knowing his perspective on art in general and his perspective on the rest of his career, obviously he's very drawn to the character of Spider-Man, which yeah. is like a reason for him to want to return. But I, you know, the, there's so much history there. And yeah, yeah I just, I, I think he would need a really good reason to do it. Yeah, I, feel, he'll, I think he'll definitely have like a laundry list of like things where they, if, like, if they want to get him back. The internet really wants him back. I'll say that. The internet is a very powerful force. I mean, he, he's talked about how he sort of soured his relationship with Sony because he was so public about wanting Spider-Man to be bi. So it could be uh, the, the same thing so for him to much. come back. Every time I remember he's heterosexual confuses me, but... <laughs> <laughs> as far as we know. But, um, you know, I think it's possible that he would have that ultimatum in coming back. Yeah. That he would, you know, Make him w- kiss boys to... or I'm not coming back. <laughs> It's entirely possible. And maybe I'm sure Sony is more open to that now than they were in 2014. Yeah. But, um, we'll see. <laughs> Listen, if this, is a, if this is the movie that leads me to gay Spider-Man, I, I, I'll I kill for it. I don't care. Sure. So um, there's the scene with Electro and Sandman where, yes. uh, where he, you know, they hear somehow that there's something going on somewhere. And so pretty sure it's through TikTok. They figure out like, like they see like, oh yeah, there's this like that monster flying to the skies. And he's like, okay, that sounds like Goblin. Yeah, that's that's the TikTok part. And so the, yeah. uh, he ends up uh, over there on the other side of the world. And um, uh, yeah, and Jamie Foxx has a body now. Um, yeah. I don't know much about Electro on that film. I do recall that he's not like a very corporeal figure like he yeah well he has he has a form but he's made out of electricity yeah and it seems also to be like what's happening in this film too like he it does seem like that he's made out of electricity but he also has a body like he gets a body they they sort of talk around it like he uh like it's a different kind of electricity in this universe so he reacts to it differently i don't know enough about electricity to argue with him so sure at the end of the day i think with um, I think with Lizard and Sandman, it was mostly just like, these guys l- look pretty different now and we, we're just going to yeah. have them be CG the whole time. And we- <laughs> like, it was just like recycled footage at the end of Iphans and uh, Hayden Church. It was just very clearly like just w- lifted yeah. from the original films and reused there. And with Fox, I think they uh, were sort of receptive to the idea. Maybe, maybe even Fox himself was like didn't like the way that his character turned out in uh, Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. Two. But they were receptive to a lot of criticism for his look and this whole Riddler thing he's doing in that movie. I think he's amazing in in, in that film. But he oh yeah, he does kind of do a whole Riddler thing. <laughs> yeah, he's got the you know he he's got like big glasses and the comb over, and he yeah. it's his birthday, and no one remembered except Spider Man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so great. I, I I love him in that movie, but uh, he he's definitely bringing. I think he's really good in in a No Way Home too. I think that he yes, he's very funny in this film. He's he's yeah. he, he has a lot of good comedic moments. I think the villains in general all have a lot of fun i think this fun if not stupid comedic bits like yeah i think i think fox has uh some good humor and obviously he's the like actual comedian yeah uh, of the five so like he he gets a lot of uh good delivery good lines but i also think that uh he works as a villain really well and he's kind of scary at good moments um i i think that 
just to generally comment on the villains i think that defoe has the best performance in this movie oh by far like it's 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 william defoe (laughs) yeah and he's like right back into it like he's He's you know doing the duality so well and doing that voice so well like like he's just everything he's He's making a meal out of the scenery he's doing everything he can firing on all cannons it's beautiful i also think that melina and fox are really good they don't focus on sandman and lizard which i think is wise in in a number of ways probably for budgetary reasons probably because they're not as compelling as the other characters they're not very yeah they're not fleshed out as much they're you know they don't really have their actors back besides like doing adr and i think it was also wise just in that like to have as many villains as they do to really like sort of you have to sideline a couple of them yeah exactly one of them's the main guy i think it's weird given that like goblin killing may is really the like primary you know it's like the big narrative turning point that out of what all the villains do and yet he's like not even present for most of the climax it just shows up right at the end just to fuck shit up even more really weird uh a a strange and fucked up little guy but uh yeah sandman's there too and sandman is uh helping out but they you know they all end up trapped anyway i don't understand sandman's character in this film all that much because he like yeah from where from where it seems that he has picked up in this movie it seems like this is post spider-man three-ish or like it's at least like during the part of the film where he is like turned good Mm-hmm. But then he like immediately just like switches and like gar- goes like bad because he doesn't trust Peter. And then he just says, fuck it. <laughs> this film and just goes along with, wh- with whoever is in charge. Yeah, sort of a floater. I feel like he um, I feel like they don't even really have an angle on him relative to the other no, characters. Really. Like they they want to have him in there. But I, I don't I don't it feels like they didn't even think through like what's at what point in his journey he is when he gets yeah. into the universe. And I think this similar of Lizard, he's just kind of, he's there. He's not even in like the big, like the scene with the other villains in like Happy's apartment. He's just down in the fucking truck. With Lizard, I think there's at least an idea that like, that he is obviously in Lizard form and that he, you know, is is past the point of knowing that Peter Parker's Spider-Man and wants to turn everyone into lizards. And, yeah. you know. It's, it's his thing. People should be lizards. He loves to do it. But I think that Sandman has the least in terms of like an angle. Yeah. <laughs> in this movie. He's just, he's, he's really just kind of there. Getting back to that idea though, it's interesting because I don't remember, does Sandman know that that Peter Parker is Spider-Man by the end of uh, Spider-Man 3? I will say I did not re-watch Spider-Man 3 for this film. I feel like he definitely does. Yeah, because they have this whole re- revelation about like he like he's the one who shot Uncle Ben. Right, yeah. So I think he does know. And he like he talk, he could talks to Peter by name. But I think is I've seen this point on the internet a couple of times. Does Electro know that Peter's Spider-Man? Here's the thing. First of all, he definitely doesn't know that Peter's Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Second of all, he has a line in the movie where he says, I'm surprised you're not black, which tells me that he still doesn't know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they just casted Fox and then tried to figure out, like they had this reason, then they 
I think like they must have realized halfway through and said like, ah, shit. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's it's retrofitting to, yeah. to be like, here's why they were coming over, you know, but. Um, I, I don't want to like get into post-credit scenes like a third of the way through the film, but like Venom is there and it, it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, Venom has not even heard of Spider-Man. <laughs> no, he literally has it. Like, it's like just finding out about Spider-Man right now when we see him in the end credit scene. And then the only thing I can, I've like, I've seen someone say that in Venom, let there be carnage in the end credit scene where they transfer over. Venom says that the, that his symbiote share like a multiversal hive mind so mm. that it may be that Venom in some multiverse knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Right, the Topher Grace Venom knows. Yeah, I still doesn't make much sense. I think, I think that's another like Fox thing where they just, you know, they had him, they've put him in the movie and then they didn't really realize that it doesn't make sense with their plot device. Yeah, and, and you know, it would have made a lot of sense to bring back the Topher Grace Venom because he knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man and yeah. dies fighting Spider-Man. But I think that they Sony is very interested in having Tom Holland and Tom Hardy share the screen. Uh, so yeah. they're, they're, they're just kind of like, let's throw them in there just to set that up. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we, he, we, he like leaves a little bit of the symbiote behind. I think I, I think I would have preferred grace over like, um, like Sandman. I feel like if they, had, if they put Venom in there, like a more compelling character, you know, well, I mean, a character. <laughs> yeah. Just a CGI pile of dirt. Yeah, and Dover Grace is around. He's, you yeah. know, he was good he's in Black Panther. He's not doing much he's... these days. He's on yeah. like a, I think he's on like an NBC sitcom or something. Probably. You know, again, sort of jumping around here, I feel like Tom Holland's Spider-Man versus Tom Hardy Venom doesn't work. No. Because everyone be, would be rooting for Venom. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Tom Holland, and I really like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. If they were in the same film, I would be chanting crush that fucking twink the entire time. Like under no circumstance would I ever be rooting for Holland when I can see more Venom. Yeah, I mean, just to, to have two movies of like, oh, Venom's such a great, <laughs> such a great guy, such a great duo. And then like, I, I, I just think as an actor, like, I mean... Tom Hardy is more physically imposing and I mm-hmm. think more like charismatic than Tom Holland, which is not, not yeah. to say that Tom Holland is uncharismatic, but just, you know, it's a more interesting performance. I think that Tom Hardy versus Andrew Garfield sort yes. of makes sense that because be they, they, they operate on a similar wavelength just yes. like as actors. That would be much more interesting than Hardy and Holland. You know, I thought when they brought him over, from in like in the postgrad scenes of Let There Be Carnage, I thought, okay, they're really going to go for it. I don't know if they're going to go down that route anymore. I think they will, but I think the better route would be the sort of two birds with one stone route would be to just put Andrew Garfield in the Venom movies. Oh, definitely. I think they should definitely do that. I think you can like make some argument about like, oh, he just forgot or like he didn't he didn't hear about any of that shit happening in New York. The you know the Lizard Tower. Yeah. But of course, the cops in Morbius know about that thing in San Francisco. (laughs) Fucking Morbius. And the graffiti in Morbius is of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. That's me out, Rocky. Okay, it's not just graffiti. It's it's a literal screenshot from the Spider-Man PS4 video game. It is a screenshot of the Spider-Man PS4 video game with your player wearing the Raimi suit. The Tobey Maguire costume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it also says murderer, which kind of 
which couldn't that could imply two different Spider-Man now because we kind of get the hint that um, Garfield Spider-Man fucking killed someone. Garfield Spider-Man probably killed someone. Um, I, I feel I mean, like it's definitely Harry. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that like that fits in like that film. When does it come out? It comes out in like a month now. Uh, January, yeah. I, I'm going to be seeing more and more TV spots for that. I was seeing Nightmare Alley today, and one of the trailers was oh. for uh, The King's Man. And yes. I got to the end of that trailer, and it said December 22nd. And I was like, this movie is coming out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if you can run the trailers, just run it and pull it the last it's possible just, second. They've been showing they've been showing trailers for that movie for two years. Yeah. And now, like, I, I almost don't believe that it's actually coming out. <laughs> are movies coming out on Wednesday? Oh, right. Yeah, for Christmas. Christmas, things are coming out early. And uh, yeah, same thing with Matrix. Right. Will, yes, that's the thing that happens. I'll probably see that on Thursday. Um, I, I need I, I haven't watched any of the Matrixes. I'm going to watch all of them soon. Hell yeah. So uh, after that, we get the, we get the return of old Norman Osborn, who is being uh, taken care of by Aunt May. God, he's so good in this. He's so fucking good. <laughs> Just it's so, ridiculous, like, like how fucking good he is. Like, yeah, instantly, like, like, like I said, Melina and Fox are really good, but instantly he comes on screen and you're like, he's giving it so much more. He's just stealing everything. Anyone else? Like, he's not even an MCU villain and he's, he's like one of the best MCU villains already. The interesting thing about the early Defoe scene is that he says that there's no Oscorp. Yeah, in, that makes me very, universe. um, not concerned, but intrigued into what they're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you folks at home are familiar with comics, but Oscorps, they play a big part in like all of Spider-Man's shit. <laughs> Pretty fucking big. Yeah. And, you know, of course, there's a question of like, w- would Peter be able to, to to work for the Daily Bugle in this? In this yeah. Timeline, you know? I mean, I guess he could because no one knows who he is at the end of this. Um, oh, that's true. That's true. Like, be, that I think it would be I think that would be fun with this added, with this added extra dynamic of like knowing all all this shit. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I know I'm just imagining like this college trilogy that is supposedly happening. They're gonna have to. This kind of makes me happy. They're gonna have to choose like some more wild card villains to like not make it kind of weird. Like because if like his next villain is like, oh hello, I'm your professor Otto Octavius. He's gonna say, oh no no never mind, have to leave immediately. <laughs> You're gonna be evil. I'm Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. I I feel like I mean you know I think Craven is likely I think Venom is is in the cards but there I feel like they're know. definitely s- setting up a symbiote like a symbiote suit plot line. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're definitely setting that up with you know Venom leaving a little bit of Venom back in mm-hmm, Mexico, yeah. which I don't know how. Don't know how he's planning on getting over to New York, but he'll. I think they're they're def- like a symbiote suit plot lines definitely in the cards. I think definitely Craven. That'd be a very fun character to see on the big screen. They hint towards the possibility of Ned's hobgoblin eventually being a thing. I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't think they're. I because I know I I know what we're talking about like the whole thing with like he promises I'm not gonna turn evil and try to kill you. <laughs> Yeah, and he is he is magical too. We find that. Yes, he has movie. magic. I kind of want to see where that goes. Yeah, I feel like that'd be fun. If, like in the next Doctor Strange, we just see Ned in the background. It's no one, 
talks about it. He's just there. He's just shoveling snow of those other two interns. Yeah, he's he's like Wong's uh, student. Where are we in the actual plot of the film? I think we got we got a little off topic. Yeah, we're still. Uh, well, I was talking about uh, how in the Defoe scene he talks about how there's no Oscorp, and he talks about his son too. That's uh, you know part of that whole thing there. Little uh, James Franco implication, which I think I feel like that I feel like they're gonna just change the name Oscorp. I feel like they're just gonna Marvel does this thing a lot where like they will take two different characters and comics and like kind of just smush them together put them together yeah i feel like they're probably going to do that with the osborns and like fucking i think maybe like the spider slayer the smith people i don't i don't know spider-man comics all that well but i feel like they're probably going to take that approach or they could be like there's a norman osborn but there's not an oscorp he's just like got his own thing whatever they like like, there are ways of getting around it yeah i think they can definitely, I think, I, I think they'd be stupid not to bring a goblin in at some point because he is such like an iconic character. Yeah. yeah and I mean, the natural enemy of the spider is the goblin. As yes. We all, know. we all learned this in preschool. Peter go runs down to the shelter and mm-hmm. finds May and Norman having a lovely talk in the back and uh, Norman stealing donuts. <laughs> May has this talk with Peter about how these people, you know, need help and they aren't well. And I like that May became sort of an important part of Peter's story in this movie in a way that she hasn't been up to this point. I think I really like the like the basic premise of this of this one, like Spider-Man trying to help these villains so they don't die. I feel like that that is a very Spider-Man plot. And it feels much more Spider-Man-y than the other two. Yeah, and I think they had this impression out the gate, like everyone's going to think it's cool that we're not doing an origin story. And Mm -hmm. of course people did. But like when you combine that with the Iron Man plot line and how involved he becomes with Iron Man in the MCU, it just reached a point where it's like, this isn't really Spider-Man anymore. It it? is weird (laughs) that by the sixth, his sixth portrayal of Spider-Man in this franchise he's just now getting to like really be Spider-Man. Yeah. And they, they sort of had to backtrack and be like, well, we have to give him an uncle Ben thing in movies just to like set him up for the next thing. So like they sort of backtracked the whole thing of like having him come in and already be Spider-Man. And instead they're saying like, now at the end of this movie, now he's Spider-Man. <laughs> he's had like two uncle Ben things though. Like, cause he's had like Iron Man die. That could be an uncle Ben thing. He's, now he's got Aunt May. Yeah, but it, it doesn't it doesn't really work because of he what a, of what uh, Iron Man represents. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Presumably he has an Uncle Ben. Like he's like he definitely had an Uncle Ben. Like from what from how he spoke of like to McGuire and Garfield, he definitely had to have an Uncle Ben at some point. I got the impression from that conversation that he didn't have an Uncle Ben. I, I think at the start of this movie, the idea was he had an Uncle Ben and it just like all the origin stuff happened off screen or at the start of the first movie. Yeah. But I think like when we get into this one, the way that they talk about it and how like and how he's talking about Aunt May and they all remember Aunt May and then they're talking about Uncle Ben and he doesn't really contribute to anything to that. Yeah. I like, The impression I got from it was that he did not have an Uncle Ben. Well, I feel like there's only one way we're going to be able to figure it out. And that's by watching Spider-Man freshman year on Disney Plus 2023. <laughs> on Disney Plus. Yep. The Disney owned animated uh, Spider-Man series. Yes. Um, Under 44 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be funny to see them. uh it, 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 I, I just I feel like there has to be an episode in that series that like it's a big you know finale thing or whatever and it's it's really long but they have to keep it under 44 minutes he trims it exactly 43 59 just <laughs> one second short of owing Sony money yeah 
they they realize they've made 44 minutes of animation and that they have to immediately transfer just it to cut Sony. Down some frames. <laughs> just, they can't know. Uh, Peter takes Norman back to the Sanctum Sanctorum uh, and Peter learns that Strange t- intends to send them right back to their worlds where yeah. they will uh, surely die. Except for the ones that don't. Except for the ones that don't, but they, I guess, do in whatever Who knows, world they're maybe, from. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe this lizard's not the same lizard from the Spider-Man, from the Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe he's a different lizard who, in his timeline, just falls off the building on accident, just slips on a banana peel and dies. If there's a weird thing with these Spider-Man movies in general where they always seem to just mess up the timeline in like in like little weird yeah. ways. Like how like how the the first movie starts in 2012 and then it's like eight years later. <laughs> that oh god, I hate that so much. Because there there is some confusion about like because the Avengers doesn't take place in 2012. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to take place in 2011. Yeah, and that because like because like that like, week where all the yeah, other Fury's big week. Even even if you like move it back a year, it still isn't correct with the timeline. Yeah, because then it jumps to Civil War. <laughs> yeah, literally and during Civil, Civil War is the next part. <laughs> yeah, and Civil War is set in twenty sixteen. Yeah, a general takeaway, I think it comes through in this movie, but it's something I keep in mind in general, is that Marvel doesn't really have as much of a plan as they like to pretend they do. No, they definitely don't. That's being, I think, more clear than ever right now in phase four. They are scrambling to throw as many things at the wall and see and see what sticks. I know like they didn't really have like a fan like a big villain until Thanos of the Avengers, but I feel like they're trying to set up as many as humanly possible. Yeah. With no clear goalposts, and I yeah. think it's it's evident that like Spider Man being a hit means they're going to be be friendly with Sony and keep this thing mm-hmm. going if they can. Oh yeah, Shang Chi being a hit means they're gonna you know pull that thread a little more. If Eternals was a hit, I think they would we would see more of like them going with directors and kind of being like you Better can kind get of do what you Eternals want with too. this. I'm gonna, you know? I'm gonna punch some people if I don't get Eternals too. I know we have very different opinions so. on that film. I, I remember that from the last time. I really liked Eternals. I definitely didn't hate uh, Eternals. I think it, it, you know, goes above and beyond in a lot of ways. But I think it yeah. makes some of the general Marvel problems more obvious. Yeah, I don't care. I find it's fun. So Peter and Strange have a a big cosmic fight sequence. Yes, that we get. Very... We get some of those some of those great Doctor Strange movie visuals. It, yeah. It's like it's a one tr- it's a one trick, and it's a little played out at this point. But like, it's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty like, good stuff. Is it like yeah? It's the same thing we saw in the first one, but it's it looks so fucking cool still. It it still looks very cool, and I liked the bit where uh, Peter realizes that they're <laughs> fractals, and he. <Yeah. laughs> It's just geometry, you know, geometry and this trap strange in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty good fight sequence there. Another mm-hmm. thing that I definitely enjoyed ends on a nice note. They, uh, it leaves uh, Ned and Peter and MJ in the, in the basement, just to try to figure out what to do with these guys. And what they come upon is taking them out, bringing them over somewhere, seeing if they can help them. And then MJ's keeping keeping the the little box that Strange has that she can just press a button and send them back if uh, it comes to that. Yeah, so they take him to Happy's apartment and he has like this fabricator. It's like, like they say earlier in the film, there's like this one missing piece of Stark tech. 
Mm-hmm. And this is it. It's like a fabric. It can like make shit. Get over to the apartment. We get some more great villain banter. This is the mm-hmm. point where we we get these hints that uh, that Daily Bugle is following them, mm-hmm. and they begin by um, they make a new chip for Ock. Yeah, the new chip for for Doc Ock, and that that works like a charm. And yeah. they are so, sort of helping uh, Norman out, and they they, they also yeah. make the thing for Electro that depowers yes. him. <laughs> they sort of create this problem for themselves, where obviously Electro doesn't really want to be depowered, mm-hmm. and you know Norman's obviously got this split personality that yeah. they know they know can come out at any moment, but they're just sort of not expecting it. I. My my first question when I saw like they were gonna like take the electricity out of electro is shouldn't he just die then? Like if is if it isn't he like just like pure electricity? Isn't that what he is? Or does he have a body? Like I guess he does yeah. like he uses the electricity to just make himself a new body. Yeah, like he does now have a body, but like the implication of the way that he's formed in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is that he like kind of dies and is revived by yeah. by the electricity. Like, like that's what I got from like seeing how he, you know, does everything. It's weird. Another funny thing about this sequence is we get a shot or two of Lizard in the van being like, oh, something's coming. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like that never really pays off. <laughs> I, I think Liz is probably one of my favorite parts of this film. He's just sitting there. He's just minding his own business. He's just, he's just being lizard. Yeah, it's never really explained. Like, I, I guess maybe he somehow knows that Goblin's gonna gonna go Goblin mode, but like, it's never really explained. He says what, like, oh, what there's always is. consequences for trying to fix people, and I think he can like just sense the inevitable shitstorm. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's he doesn't have anything to do in this film. He re- he's really just sitting there for a lot of it. It must have been a nice like one day of work for him. Adr, yeah, you know, he's got a hot towel. He's sipping a nice yeah. tea. He's uh, doing some having some fun with it. Some of his lines in this film are just so like when like MJ is like standing up to the villains. He's like, oh no way, that's his girlfriend. Like such a weird sassy way. One of the you know there there's obviously a lot of. I mean, it's all fan service in this movie, but Mm -hmm. there's um, one of the things that I noticed was in the scene in the basement when uh, Norman is like, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. (laughs) It's dumb. I loved it so much. And if anyone else but Defoe was delivering that like clearly memed line, it wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. But he just goes for it. You don't feel like he's in on the joke, you know, (laughs) like like he's doing it completely straight. Yeah, no, you you know he's he doesn't get the joke at all. You know he doesn't he he doesn't know what like any of these memes are. He yeah, he's just there. He's on that Gwyneth Paltrow wave. He like he doesn't know what's going on with these movies. <laughs> we get a big action sequence with the with the villains when they break loose, and yes. uh, I mean th- this is the scene that ends with Aunt May's death. But yes. before that, here's the thing: is you know. There's this message that comes through later on in the movie about how the the death of a loved one turns Peter violent in all these mm-hmm. different timelines and it makes him vengeful and he has to get over that. He's beating the shit out of Goblin before he's, he kills Aunt May. <laughs> he's going in on him. I also want to say like, like the whole spider sense scene before Norman turns. I love that. It gives like yeah. such a, a nice feeling of like kind of distread and unknown as following Peter around. Also, Norman's like little line there when like, where's Norman? 
Norman's on sabbatical, honey. <laughs> so perfectly delivered. So great. But yeah, just like, I mean, he's beating the shit out of him. Like, it's... He's beating the shit out of this guy. Brutal. You know that he is more... Yeah, he, he has this proportionate strength of a spider. You yeah. know that he is, like, doing serious damage on mm-hmm. this old dude. And Goblin's <laughs> fucking strong, too. Like... Yeah, but, like... <laughs> it's, it, it is kind of, like, weird. Out, like, he's just fucking beating the shit out of him, the foe. This guy, this guy who he supposedly still wants to save on some level. Like, I, I just think overall, to the extent that they attempt to, with having the other Spider-Men, to the extent that they, I think they mostly don't, but to the extent that they attempt to, like, differentiate this Spider-Man, mm-hmm. one of the things you come away with is that he's, like, more violent. Yeah. Yeah, he gets pretty violent in this film. Like, he, God, he's just kicking the shit out of Willem. And apparently, yeah. like, Defoe wanted to do as many stunts as he could. I saw that, like, in an interview. I love him so much. He's he's, he's great. She kicked out of him. For, like, this entire fight, like, slamming each other through, like, floors at a time. Just, like, because mm-hmm. they're, like, pretty high up on the apartment. They, they like, to slam each other through every single fucking floor of this apartment. They get all the way down, yeah. Yeah. And as I... Uh... Daily Bugle and the cops and Happy and everyone is pulling up to the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goblin. Uh, Goblin just like slams the glider into her, like probably cuts her up on the side good. She also like kind of got, you know, exploded. And, like she's, she's been through kind of the ringer the past couple minutes. And then she just kind of just dies because she got like sliced across the stomach, I guess, with the glider. Yeah, Electro escapes with uh, Sandman and Lizard, mm-hmm. and uh, Doc, Ock Doc Ock is sort of like sort Electro of dispatched. Kind of like this throws him out the building, and he just kind of kind of walks and just kind yeah. of wanders off. Just just sort of scrambles out of the scene. Yeah, yeah. and um, we get a really a really fucking dark uh, <laughs> at May death scene. A real yeah. you know dramatic uh, moment there, which is great. Yeah, I think I didn't love. Uh, Marissa Tomei's Aunt May at the beginning like towards like at the at the beginning of the films I didn't love her she I think like because I watched Homecoming and and Far From Home back to back right before seeing this movie I think she grew on me this time and I was kind of mm. sad to see her go yeah I think that she it's a different angle on the character but it is an angle and I think it's yeah. one that uh you know mostly works and like I said in this movie she becomes more important to the development of spider-man yeah in a way that i think adds a lot to her character mm-hmm. yeah yeah she dies and to may to may talked about how she really wanted to focus on aunt may's like philanthropy mm-hmm. in this movie and i think they they did just that she also wanted aunt may to have a girlfriend before um her and happy became a thing i can't mm. tell if it was joke because she also suggested having the girlfriend be spider-man producer amy pascal <laughs> I think that works. I think that I works. Tell, I, I don't know. I, I literally don't even know what she Probably looks not, like. but like... Why not? She looks, she looks like she could play that role, I think. And, you know, like I said, I think there's an implication that Peter doesn't have an Uncle Ben because maybe there's there's an aunt in the picture instead. I I wouldn't I, I wouldn't mind that. I think more gay people should be in Spider-Man movies because gay people love Spider-Man. It's true. And meanwhile, Ned is, uh, well, well, they're like, they're like, should we use the box or not? And yeah. they want, they want to get the word from Peter before they do. And so Ned's like, let me find Peter. He's, he he's has got like the, Strange's, uh, sling he's got ring. Strange's ring. 
he's got the sling ring and he like kind of almost used it before so he yeah. thinks he can do it and uh he says uh you know find peter parker yeah. or whatever and uh we get a, a very dramatic reveal of andrew garfield he's here <laughs> i'm i he's was here up until the moment i saw him i wasn't fully sure if they were gonna do it i was so happy he, got, he, he came in i just that's just fun i love it i love him trying to like prove himself to MJ and Ned. <laughs> Some good banter that I think uh, Andrew Garfield delivers well, just because mm-hmm. he has that um, th- that manic energy that I think, yeah. you know, suits his version of the character really well. Uh, I wonder about, because clearly both the marketing and the script of this film, you know, sort of becomes about redeeming that version of Spider-Man that mm-hmm. uh, the opinions of which have been soured over time. I wonder about you know how that became so essential i think part of it might be sony like like the amy pascal aviarid mm-hmm. kind of you know attachment to that version of the character and you know belief in that version of the character yeah. i i think that he b- becomes like i mean he really stands out in this movie and like i said yeah. he, he is my favorite my favorite he's, spider-man I, I, he's very good in this movie i love him in the in the first one so I'll get to see the second one, but yeah, he's very good in this. And then he like does this whole thing where it's like, he's like, they don't believe that he's Peter. So he, mm-hmm. so like, and he, he, he like, he like sticks onto the ceiling yeah. and they're like, no, that's all around. Enough. And he's like, he's like, my, <laughs> what do you mean? And, and Ned's then, like, uh, Ned's grandma comes out and like says, hey, can you like get that cobweb in the corner? Yeah. So Ned tries again and uh, pulls out <laughs> Toby McGuire. You've passed her right there. Mm. A couple of problems that start to show up at this point in the movie. First of all, from this point until like the last 15 minutes of the movie, it is basically sketch comedy about what would happen if these three Spider-Men got together. Yeah, yeah, that's very fair. The movie becomes completely uninterested in exploring anything else. The amount of times I've seen like Tumblr text posts about like, wouldn't it be funny if like, if, like the two Spider-Man, like, and they saw that Toby like doesn't have web shooters. Wouldn't that yeah. be weird and wacky? I still fucking loved it. I loved every second of that shit, but <laughs> I saw like your review of it. Like when you, and you talked to like kind of it comes to like a kind of stop during this point. And like when I, I thought about that going into my second view and I was like, yeah, I see where she's coming from this. Like it's, it stalls and there's out. So much, there's so much momentum up till that point in the movie. There's such yeah. a great like dynamicism to it, even in those like slowed down emotional moments. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like from that point on, it's like, here's, you know, five scenes in a row of just them kind of standing around talking to each other. And the yeah. climax is also mostly them standing around talking to each other. And like I said, one of these movies biggest problems is their dialogue you know, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's done much better with with, with these three no. together. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of things that immediately come to mind for how these three would interact that are just not done. And I think they make maybe this was deliberate, but I think they make an attempt to water down the differences between the characters and make mm-hmm. them seem like you know versions of the same guy at different stages in his life. And I, I, I think there's an idea there of like, we want this to be meaningful for this Peter. And so we're going to, you know, have them impart these lessons on him. But I think that like the version of Jameson in this movie, I just think that these are very watered down versions of the Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, no, that's fair. I don't, I don't have much to say in defense of that. I enjoyed all of it. Like 
I will admit the dialogue isn't great. It's not, I don't know this movie is it ever like truly exceptional. Um, it, it was still just like, it, it's fun enough where I was just ignored it. But yeah, like it's, it's not great. And I think talking about like the, the, the theme parkism of it, I think they were right to assume that audiences would be so excited to see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire return. And I think that like that, that moment of them returning is a really great moment to put in your Spider-Man movie. But like their assessment was in terms of like thrills and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like, like peaks and valleys of excitement in an audience that they were like, we want to rest on this moment for a while. Yeah. And so they do they they do the scene in Ned's apartment and then they and then Peter is like sat on the rooftop and they bring the other Spider-Men around and they have that conversation about their Aunt Mays and their Uncle Ben's and their, you know, the, the, the yada yada. And then they have the scene in the lab and then they, and then it comes almost immediately to the climax. Yeah. <laughs> they really just kind of stall out there. They 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 focus on the novelty of like, yeah, look, it's the other two. They focus on that for yeah. too long and they just don't do anything that like exciting with it. Like, yeah, they talk about like, oh yeah, this is like what happens in my universe. And like, this is what happens here. What do you mean you don't have this here? Like what's an Avenger? Like they have that kind of banter and that's like, it would have been fine for a little bit, but that's like most of what their interactions are. Yeah. And I think part of it comes from that decision to have them play as three versions of the same guy rather than lean into the differences between the performances. I think if they had gone more in that direction, there would have been more fun to be had with it. And again, I just think that more should have been should have been going on during that point. Should have brought back Mark Webb and Sam Raimi just to like consult or something seeing yeah just like some scenes of toby that are sort of in the style of the raimi movies i think yeah. would be such a I great note to put in there hoping for like one like cool the camera work of doc ock and the first one is so like fucking good and the second one i got yeah it's so good i was hoping to see like some shots like that i there weren't many and then as we get into the climax i think most mcu movies have climax problems but yeah the the problem with this one is they're like okay this is the moment you've all been waiting for we know we we brought the spider-man back in Mm -hmm. and everyone wanted us to do that and we did it but here's the real exciting thing is three of the same guy in your climate (laughs) just such a misunderstanding of like of of like what's exciting about like, like if if they you know iron man came out and they were like avengers is coming on the way we're going to have three different actors playing iron man yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like they don't the thing they like none of them have like very different powers power sets yeah no they don't have like many things that differentiate anything yeah and and they could have they could have angled it in a way where they played up those differences but because i mean part of it is as simple as just like in the like shitty lighting and color grading that these movies all have they look the same i could not tell um garfield and mcguire apart for the majority i could like figure out tom because he had like the big golden spider on him at that point but like i could not unless like they were like a close-up but when they're suited up and they're like you know they're like they're like all jumping in the air and they're all you know whatever Mm -hmm. it's like this isn't more interesting than a single (laughs) spider-man fighting all these yeah they could have leaned into like i guess like you know like they're like one thing that is very clear about them they're all different ages like they could have had tom be like a little more faster or have toby be a little more like 
kind of rusty, I guess. There are angles of having Toby be rusty. There are angles of having Toby be more like calculated maybe or having Garfield yeah. be more, you know, be more calculated or be more like off the wall or whatever. Like there, yeah. you know, like, there we, are ways to play into the differences yeah. and they, they chose didn't, like, to. I don't think they took like enough of their character from the film, from their films. And like, if they were like the actual characters from those films, there would be enough differences where you could like, they would fight differently. They would do a bunch, they would do different things, but they all kind of just feel like the same, like, you know, the same person, different stages of their lives. So it doesn't really work that well here. Yeah. And as the climax sort of comes to an end, there, there are just a lot of notes on top of each other that don't really add up. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, the time of day changes and that's, you know, one thing, but yeah, that changes really quickly the spell gets out and there's like, you know, people coming through the woodwork yeah. from other timelines. And the solution for some reason is to have everyone forget who Peter Parker is. Okay. I did. I saw you talking about that. I, I'm, I'm going to try to rationalize that as best as I can. Okay. It probably won't go well for me. Um, so the point, so the spell was bringing anyone who knew who Peter, who knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man into mm-hmm the um, into the mcu's universe i think the logic behind it is if no one knows who peter parker is no one knows peter parker is spider-man and therefore Mm -hmm. no one knows peter parker is spider-man and the spell can't bring anyone else in because there's no one on earth who knows that peter parker is spider-man is the implication there that people across across all timelines don't know who peter parker is no or is or is it an implication that anyone who comes into this world who knows who Peter Parker is can't exist because no one knows that Peter Parker is that who Peter Parker is? I think like this spell counteracts the first spell that the first spell was dragging people in who knew Peter Parker was Spider Man, and because the because the spell and its original its original setting was meant to affect people who knew Peter Parker was Spider Man. Now that no one knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man, now that no one knows who Peter Parker is, there's no one who knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and like therefore there's no target for the spell. Yeah. If if it's just like uh, you know, if it's just a Kavachomer and about like which spell has the has the broader reach, I feel like first of all, I feel like they could have said no one knows who Spider-Man is, and then that probably would have made things a lot easier. Listen, <laughs> they don't think that much. <laughs> I guess not. But then also, like, I got the impression that, you know, the reason people were coming through the woodwork was because the spell was botched and it was tearing apart the fabric of the universe. Like, the the idea of the spell wasn't people from all dimensions. It was, no. It was, you know. But it's like, the fact that it got botched, it's like a bad, like, bastardized version of the spell that, like, Wong was warning, like, how the spell works. It, it, it like, does reach between, like, the dark borders of known and unknown reality. I guess like it's just a powerful it's like it's strange says it's a standard spell but I guess if it's like warped enough it becomes dangerous enough to like cross the multiverse I don't know they clearly don't know and then we get another scene of of Holland beating the shit out of Willem Dafoe it's fucking going in on him my god it's yeah I didn't get it all out the first time uh, which was again before before Aunt May died but uh I like the beat of Toby like saving yeah. uh, Goblin. I, I I like that moment, but then like of course B 
being stabbed in the back by him and then like that's played up for like a big dramatic effect and then he's just like yeah i've been stabbed before it's fine yeah i i, I do kind of like what they did with Toby here and like how this is clearly a very like a much older version of the spider-man we we know from the rain movies and, like it kind of because he's like like in this in like the lab scene he, he says like oh i think i have a good i think i know how to cure norman like he's he's been thinking a lot about it like Mm-hmm. someone later on in his, in his career looking back at his mistakes getting back to the theme park thing when they like have the you know swelling music and the shocked faces as he gets stabbed in the back and then have him walk it off in the next <laughs> scene like j- just being right in your face about how they're completely playing with your emotions and like <laughs> yeah that was kind of dumb <laughs> yeah i didn't expect he was him to die but they could have at least like played it off as more like ow it actually hurt yeah, the, the, there's the moment also in the climax where uh, where Andrew saves MJ and, uh, yeah. you know, I did people like in that. my theater were losing it about that. Uh, I Yeah, I liked it. I feel like if the idea in both of those cases, if the idea was to have payoff for those series, mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't really come together again. Because, because they don't feel like those same characters. They don't feel like the same characters, yeah. And, and yeah. especially with like, coming from different points in their lives as the versions of the villains that are mm-hmm. there. And just like, you know, things are so messed up with timelines and the way yeah. that this movie goes that it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that at all. It is a little weird. I, 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 I ended up kind of enjoying like how it, like they're clearly like learning from the past mistakes, but yeah, I do agree. I think it would have worked better if they kept them more like their original characters. After the climax, it's an interesting thing because the last couple MCU movies have had this problem where they have like a 40 minute climax and then there's one more scene and the movie's over. Yeah. This movie definitely <laughs> takes its time after the climax. Yeah, they kind of, they, 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 yeah, they take their time with it. Uh. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just like, you know, again, the way that the the climax, you know, goes from night to day and then there's sort of the phases of it where it's a Statue of Liberty and then they're just kind of on a platform and there's having this tussle and then, and then we get a, a, an extended thing, an extended goodbye to MJ that's, you know, again, very swelling and sweeping mm-hmm. and all that. And then... Um, so yeah, he goes in like the bakery with like a note, and, like he's like trying to work himself up to like tell her. Yeah, and he says in that in that big sweeping goodbye that he's going to find her and, you know, explain everything to her. And then he doesn't, which is interesting. I think, what I got, I think he like, he sees like the Band-Aid on her forehead and he kind of like realizes that he doesn't want to bring her into this and get her hurt again. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I get why he doesn't do it. If you, I, I, again, the way that this movie ends in a way that's sort of setting up like, the beginning of spider-man mm-hmm. <laughs> after three spider-man movies it's like yeah it's sort of set up in a way where they can sort of meet each other again in a certain sense there can yeah. there could even be a, a a gwen stacy thing that comes in in the next movie before it comes to that like i i, I don't think they're gonna put it i mean eh, they might i don't know because like andrew does like name drop name drop gwen this i feel like he's gonna have to be just wary with anyone with the name gwen or like otto or norman <laughs> giving everyone yeah, a, ben. a double <laughs> what did you say your name was <laughs> yeah we get the scene at the cemetery where he's visiting at may's grave and that scene felt almost intentionally reminiscent of the deleted scene from amazing spider-man 2 yes where andrew garfield is at i think uncle ben's grave or, or maybe the dennis leary character's grave and his father shows up yeah 
Right, they do that entire subplot with his parents. Does that go anywhere? Uh, not by the time the movie ends. Yeah, that's <laughs> I I do remember seeing that like deleted scene when I in when I was a kid looking for more Spider-Man shit on the internet, and yeah, it does feel very reminiscent of that. You know, nice little thing with Happy. Yeah, uh, a pretty nice thing with Happy, and then he um he he gets a, a shitty little apartment. He yep. gets to you know we finally get to see some of that. There's a line. Early on in the movie when he's uh, talking to MJ while Happy's asleep in the room and he says, like, he's the most famous person in the world and he's still broke. And at that moment, I was like, okay. But I, I, you know, I do like how it sort of circles back around to Spider-Man being broke by the end of it. Yeah. And then he goes out and, like, does that one last final swing and, oh, that fucking suit. It's so good. It's a good suit. It's It's such a good suit. I need them to release high definition pictures of it soon or else I'm going to go crazy. It looks so good. Yeah, he goes around, swings around in um, Christmas time in New York City, which is leading too many people on my timeline to think that he might show up in tonight's episode of Hawkeye, which is, you know. Uh, interesting. It's set at the same time. It's set during Christmas time. My only thing is there have been I, some reports that Hawkeye is 2024 Christmas and mm. not 2023. Okay. <laughs> if they want to have Spider-Man there, they'll do it anyway. Yeah. So I like I'm trying to if he shows up because I know like the the climax of Hawkeye is going to be at Rockefeller Center. It's going to be like on the ice rink at some points. Hey, listen, if he shows up, he shows up. <laughs> yeah. If he if he just like happens to swing by, <laughs> <laughs> you see like a real blue and red blur come across the corner yeah. real quick, and Hawkeye's like, what huh? the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Sokka even met him. Yeah, he met him like once in Civil War. Well, he would have forgotten. No, no, he knows. Who, people know who Spider Man is. People know who Spider Man is. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> people know who Spider Man is. They don't know who Peter Parker is, which mm. I think that leaves a very interesting kind of thing for the next movies. Like if, if they bring N- MJ and Ned back, which I really hope they do. I I really like them now. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're, you know, coming back in some form for sure. Yeah. I wonder about how that relates to any of the Avengers stuff. Like, if ha- if, if if Peter was in his Spider-Man costume and talking to Happy, would Happy be like, hey, Spider-Man? <laughs> you know? <It> <laughs> like, it's implied that no one knows who Peter is, but everyone, everyone still, like, knows who Spider-Man is. Yeah, and so the people who were friends with Spider-Man, would they, like, like you know? Does MJ still, like, know who Spider-Man is? Like, does she, does she like Spider-Man? Yeah, and if she knows of Spider-Man, does she have those memories of like being friends with Spider-Man? Does she yeah, like, like are, do they how cons- how are they altered? Does Peter Parker like have actual documents? Or do they yeah. just like remember kind of like that? Does she remember that someone gave her that necklace, but she doesn't remember who? Especially with Ned, who had has collaborated with Spider-Man in yeah. so many ways. Like, so he must know who Spider-Man is, but he doesn't know who Peter is. So, I I, I mean, would he just be like? How do I how do I get in contact with Spider-Man, man? We were supposed to hang out. <laughs> it's very, very weird. I think I feel like this film, I feel like the next film's either gonna spend too much time kind of explaining it or no time. Yeah, the way that uh the way that this movie wants makes me think that the next one is going to there's like I feel like there's also equal chance of them just skipping right over it and being like, oh yeah, we said we solved everything off camera. It's possible that something happens in another movie that just like undoes the spell. Yeah. 
you know that's also you know you know we have literally no idea what the fuck is happening with multiverse of madness they're still shooting it right now right i just saw like an interview with bennett Wong. he's still as like he said he has like a week left of shooting which is mm-hmm. weird because you know the second end credit scene for this movie yeah is trailer's a already literal out. <laughs> trailer it's a literal <laughs> Yeah, I think at the end of the day, as I was saying about how Marvel doesn't have as much of a plan as they pretend to, I think as they're writing the next Spider-Man movie, they're just going to do whatever they want. Yeah, given yeah, they have no idea what they're doing at this point. They're just throwing shit at the wall. I love it. I'm very excited to see where all of this shit goes. I don't think they've ever had a plan. I think they've always been beholden to what audiences are responding to. I I think they've had some sort of plan. They've had, you know, at least in like, like the more recent like years. No, I think I think they had I, I think they had the plan of like we're building up to Avengers and these are the movies we're gonna make before that, and yeah. then we're going to do Thanos and we're gonna have two phases for that, and then after that we're gonna get the multiverse stuff, mm-hmm. but a movie fails and or uh, a relationship fails or a character mm-hmm. movement fails and they will just completely undo it. because yeah. they, you know. They have I they probably have like 12 different end games at the same time. Like going just in case yeah and they talk about how they didn't think they were going to get spider-man and they you know were going to do something else talk about how they didn't think this multiverse stuff was going to work out they were going to do something else with the spider-man movie like john watts having craven in his back pocket the entire time the way that they're constantly retconning the timeline and events of the other movies to make it fit with the new ones like Like they like they're blind blind yeah like thanos in general like to talk about the trailer i guess we can you know we can talk about venom a little bit but to talk about the trailer i you know doesn't reveal too much but i do really like the visual style of it it feels very raimi and it feels uh, very raimi i'm the scene with wanda just looks fucking incredible i you know holding out hope that it's going to be very raimi we i have had many conversations with our, our, our our good friend alex who is convinced that Marvel is actively going to kill Sam Raimi if he tries to go to Mm -hmm. Raimi on this film. I'm trying to hold out hope. He is um, very convinced (laughs) that they're just going to neuter everything about it. Yeah, the fact that they dropped uh, Scott Derrickson is certainly not a great great sign to begin with. I'm concerned a little bit, but at the same time, getting Sam Raimi is a really good move. Because he know he knows horror and he he fucking knows comic movies. Like if anything was absolutely, like if you were going to choose any director for that. I think that's a really good choice. The good mm-hmm. ending here is that uh, they let Raimi run a little wild with Doctor Strange to see how it goes, and it goes so well that they sort of let him Snyder the whole the whole series, and he's just like <laughs> their guy now. <laughs> just, just go for it, Raimi. You know you want some crazy bullshit here? Go ahead. Going into overall thoughts, uh, as we're breaking it down and I'm reflecting on my my assessments, I feel like, you know, as I said, I think in my review, maybe not uh, to the extent that made it clear, but I feel that this is one of the stronger MCU offerings in a while, one of the more memorable ones, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, just the fact that I remember it as clearly as I do, having seen it, you know, uh, over a week ago and seen several films in between. Um, 
I, I think over time it will probably hold up as, you know, an upper tier MCU movie. Mm-hmm. I do also feel that it is uh, completely undermined by its third act. And yeah. like I was saying throughout, there, there are persistent problems with dialogue and visual mm-hmm. style and, and they the same way that they become more evident in Eternals where you've got you know something that that is otherwise so different in its style I feel like in this movie everything sort of works together in a way Mm -hmm. that it it gets you on board I feel like and I like I I said I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected to but I do think that there's a better version of this movie that does not have uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in it or that has them in very brief cameos yeah I agree with you on the third act I feel like it definitely falters there. They just spend too much time like on the, on the, just the premise of like, oh yeah, they're all meeting. That's like fun and cool, right? We're going to spend the majority of the third act on that. We're not going to move the plot at all. I loved it though. Like even the parts that aren't great, I still loved. This is just a very, a very fun movie. Yeah, I, I really liked it. It was fun. So I come back on to the comments you made during our during our recording session for Gucci. Do you think it fucking sucked? No, I don't. I don't think so. That's a victory for me. <laughs> I think it excelled uh, even relative to the other movies in this Spider-Man series, which I think are. Well, I liked Homecoming a lot, but I think yeah. this is probably I, I think looking back at this trilogy, I'm going to think of, of No Way Home as probably the. This is definitely the strongest, (laughs) definitely like the strongest entry of it. Yeah. Although maybe I'll go back to Homecoming and I'll be like, you know, because I do like how small scale Homecoming is. It is a little, it is a little bigger than it should be at certain times, but I, you know, relative to the rest of the MCU. It is Vulture and Michael Keaton is. And it has like maybe my favorite scene in the entire MCU. One of my top like Mm -hmm. five definitely is the scene in the car with, with yes. Keaton and <laughs> he's so good the, I, the best part of like most Spider-Man movies is the villain yeah you know I think it's very true for the Raimi films with Defoe and Molina but goddamn Keaton is so good in that in that role the price of my confusion and anger for Morbius is going to be worth it because I do get to see more hopefully he's in a decent amount of the film hopefully <laughs> that I will get to see more Michael Keaton Vulture knows maybe they'll bring him back in like the spider-man 5 or something i i think they're angling towards him being the nexus of the sinister six if and when they end yeah. up doing that i feel like they they can definitely set these up and stuff mysterio could probably be alive i wouldn't be shocked yeah they could bring him back if they want to and gyllenhaal is really good and gyllenhaal is probably the best part of of far from home too they set up scorpion at the end mac gargan he could be scorpion or he could be venom so we have a setup for Venom in there. Yeah, but I think I I think I, these are Sony movies, and I think mm-hmm. Sony is invested in uh, having crossover with with their own universe, and they're yeah. just going to put Tom Hardy in there and not explain it if that's what it comes down I to. Really, I really hope they don't. I really hope they just like hear how much the internet like has reevaluated the Garfield movies, and they just throw them in there. Yeah, that would probably be ideal. It would work so much better. The, the really funny thing, though, there's clearly going to be an element in Morbius of maybe Morbius will be part of the Sinister Six. And I think 
just <laughs> the sort of Achilles heel of this franchise being Jared Leto's involvement with the Sinister Set. <laughs> oh God, it is Jared Leto. I, I have, hmm. <laughs> Remembering that Morbius exists is painful enough. Remind me that fucking Leto's part of it. They got Paolo Gucci hmm. is fucking Michael Morbius. Paolo Gucci. They got a, he's Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. I think that um, another stray note that I have is that, you know, the idea of, of how variants work in, in No Way Home, I think is so much less interesting than what Loki did with it. I like how the, <laughs> I like how they will establish the rules of the multiverse in every single time it's mentioned and then immediately say, fuck all that noise in the next installment. Constantly. It's so good. It's so funny. Constantly change it. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I just like, they could have killed two birds with one stone by just having a little bit of tension between McGuire and Garfield. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I also, I think it's so, I think it's so perfect for the Loki character to have him fall in love with an alternate universe version of himself that like, I don't want to see that be done every time, but it would also be funny if they did that every time. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of like swooping into this, it's immediately making out and it's just horrifying that involved. (laughs) Well, Diego, uh, this has been a, a very strong conversation. Uh, you've been lovely and you've offered a lot of great insight uh, into, the, <laughs> into the MCU and the, into the Spider-Verse. Kevin um, Feige's <laughs> fantastical circus. Yeah, another sad and ugly three-hour cartoon from the Imagineers <laughs> at Disney. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta talk nicer. He has snipers. He will, he, he'll come get you. Uh, but this has been great. And as we said, overall, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. And um, yeah, you know, I fucking loved talk it. About it. Spider-Man. It's it's the only blockbuster of the of the COVID era. <laughs> it's very theme parky, and it's it's yeah. it's not something that especially with like the way that Disney is handling some of its other releases in order to favor uh, <laughs> uh, the MCU. The thing with how Disney handles it, we're getting on another tangent here and it's fine, uh, but I, <laughs> I might want to put this in. The way that Disney handles, uh, you know, dramas and like adult-oriented movies, there's an, an idea out there that they're sort of maliciously undermining them so that people see more Disney movies. Mm-hmm. I think that their angle is not we want to kill these movies because they could if they wanted to do that they could just stop making them but i think what they i think their angle is these movies are profitable if they win awards yeah after they win awards they can make a lot of money at the box office they can get like you know home video for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. whatever but they don't see an incentive in in like the profit to be made from them before that because there there isn't much these days so i think that is is disney's angle Thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. Uh, if you like the show, you can subscribe to our Substack or support us in some other ways you can find through our link tree. And if you can't uh, offer monetary help, one of the best things you can do is share it on social media, tell your friends about it, let people know that you like the show and get more people listening. It's available on all streaming platforms. And of course, through Substack a little bit early. Um, and I will see you folks at home next week.
disagree, Gary. Disagree, Gary.